Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up after the news, it's Philosophy Talk. Our topic today, intergenerational obligations. Well, what could be simpler, Ken? Parents are obligated to nurture and educate their children. Children should obey and respect their parents, and then when they get old, like me, take care of them. Gosh, John, it's all tilted toward the old. I mean, don't we spend too much on the old and the health care of the elderly, social security for the elderly. What about our children's needs? They're not fully met. Don't we owe more to our children and yeah, to the young than to the old? We're giving them the world. What more do they want? I, I like the principle of the intergenerational golden rule. Do unto the old as you would like the young of tomorrow to do unto you when you get old. So treat them really nice. What do we owe our parents? What do we owe our ancestors? What about our children and their descendants? Philosophy Talk takes up intergenerational obligations after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of 91.7 KALW, San Francisco's oldest, coolest, most innovative public radio station. And you know, it, it's also the second oldest FM station in the United States. Did you know that, Ken? I, I just found that out this weekend. That's really cool. And we're, we're continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus just down Highway 101 from here. And from there, they migrate to the air. And from the air, they migrate to the Internet and all over the world. And you can help us continue this conversation after the show by checking out our blog, the blog.philosophytalk.org. Today, Ken, we're going to talk about intergenerational obligations. As I, as I get older, and I am getting pretty old, I'm more and more conscious about how civilization, education, culture, countries, families, everything is dependent on the fact that these limited things, people and generations, rub up against each other and pass these things on from one to the other. And in doing so, they, they uh, incur certain obligations, and there's also some trade-offs. It's, it's a kind of a complicated and interesting thing. Right. You take care of your children. I mean, you save and you invest in your children. That means you consume less for yourself. You care for your er elderly parents, right? And then as you get older, the, the children care for you, and then they care for their children, and it just keeps going. It's... It's like, amazing. And, and it's not just in a family. It's, it's in society. Like my generation, the war babies, have invested our whole lives in trying to convey some sense of honor, decency, and values to what we call the greedy generation, your generation. Oh, you mean the baby boomers. The baby boomers, <laughs> right. Now, it hasn't been very successful, but we put in a tremendous effort. Uh, so... So it's, you owe us something. Yeah, yeah, I guess we do. It's kind of like a rope, right? I mean, all these strands bound together to make this long, continuing life that's not that goes beyond any one person's lifespan, any group of people's lifespan, you know, and the rope keeps growing. We inherit it from our ancestors. You might think because they pass this rope to us, we owe it to them. Eastern cultures think this kind of thing, Confucian cultures. We owe it to them to continue that rope in a way that honors and respects them. And you might think we owe it to future generations not to leave them a rope that's all tangled up, you know? Well, that, that raises an interesting distinction from a philosophical point of view. We've got this rope. We've got the strands in the rope. Each is a limited, finite length. Some of them actually rub up against each other, and others are far down the rope in one direction or another. They never overlap. Uh, from our point of view, we've got the, the, the generations we share the planet with, that we share the world with, and then we've got the, the ancestors that are dead, 
and we've got the children that haven't been born yet. Aren't the obligations to the ones we share the planet with of a sort of a different kind than the ones that don't even exist yet? That's a really good question. I mean, they must, they must be of a different kind because they must have some kind of different source. And to help us think about this, our roving philosophical reporter Amy Standen files this report. We won't personally know our great-great-great-grandchildren. So why do we care what happens to them? Well, for some reason, we just do. I hope they'll be devout and generous and sensible and cautious and productive. I expect them to be independent. I expect them to be intelligent. I expect them to read. I expect them to take care of their children. I expect them to be good to their wives. Absolute honesty, no subterfuge. Uh, no artifice about in your relationships. I hope something that I inspire in them will they'll pass on down. I like them to know their history, you know, but uh, if it doesn't, you know, I just want them to be good and stay out of trouble. And I pray and hope to have a little bit of me in them. <laughs> you know, I never think of myself only, so I hope they uh, I carry that on, that they don't sit and think of themselves only. <laughs> You know, like my parents are going on, but it was some of the things that they taught us. I see it in me, <laughs> even though they are gone, you know. In Western culture, at least, it takes a bigger leap to think backwards to our ancestors. Do bloodlines give us a connection to people we've never even met? If so, do we owe them anything? No, I don't think you have an obligation. I think that if they're the kind of people that you respect, then you respect them. I think the family ties in the Orient is little different. It is not loosely knit ties as I perceive in the West. We are knit together. Of course, the knitting is slowly loosened as the days are passing by and as the impact of the Western technology is penetrating, whatever makeup I have got in me, it is all because of my past, uh, which is linked with my heritage, and I am very much attached to it. You don't want to disgrace your family. You don't want to, you know, and so I think you show them by respect, by you, you know that they're your grandparents, and you just, you just have to keep the name clean. You know, you just have to, I think you own that. Just because you share uh, blood does not necessarily mean that that you're going to approve of everything they do and everything they do is just great. I think by the time you get two generations, people have changed so much that if you met them, you wouldn't have much connection. What I enjoy is you see history in an entirely different way. It just gives you a handhold to go into a particular place and go to the courthouses and go to the libraries and find out about what life was like in that community. And I always found those things very interesting. Whatever they have done for me in terms of sacrifice, in terms of past, I may not be able to pinpoint all of these things, but nevertheless, they're all buried in me in my subconscious state of mind, they sometimes juts out uh, like a bubble, and once again the bubble gets burst and it gets assimilated in the larger culture, but uh, they are very much there. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen.
You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.